Welcome to Know Your Foe on Colts.com, an in-depth look at the upcoming matchup. Here are your hosts, Casey Vallier and former Colts wide receiver, Bill Brooks. Welcome in to Know Your Foe on Colts.com. I'm your host, Casey Vallier, joined as always by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks. The Colts travel to Sin City this weekend to take on the Raiders and to get us locked in on all things Raiders. We are joined by Case Kiefer, who covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas Sun. Case, thank you so much for the time. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, good to talk to you guys. Great to talk to you as well. Now, we're talking about a couple teams who haven't quite lived up to the expectations to this point. Looking at it from a Raiders perspective, they were thought to be maybe a possible sleeper Super Bowl pick to some, but definitely a playoff team for most. And diving into the specifics, we'll do that throughout this conversation, but painting this with more of a broad stroke, why haven't the Raiders really lived up to those lofty expectations to this point in the season? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, obviously. I know you guys have probably seen some of that in Indianapolis, too. But, um, you know, it's it's a variety of things. Uh, you know, a lot of it last year when I think a part of the expectations where they brought in a lot of new uh, big-name guys, of course, headlined by Devontae Adams. And the other part of the expectations was, the, you know, the playoff run they made last year and uh, winning four games at the end of the year uh, to get there and kind of overcoming everything. But really what was going right in that run and all last season was they just kept winning these crazy games at the end of the game. I think they set an NFL record with, uh, I believe, six walk-off wins. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like they kept coming up, you know, on the right side of all these super close games. And it's it's really flipped this year. I mean, they've only – they got blown out two weeks ago against New Orleans 24-0. But other than that, every game uh, has been a touchdown or less that they've lost. It just seems like – um, you know, some of the late game execution stuff that they were doing well a year ago that really benefited them has kind of uh, faded uh, this year, and uh, it's really put them behind the eight ball now and in a really bad position. Certainly, that's not the only uh, issue, but um, you know, if you're boiling it down to one thing, it just seems like the, those in game situations have flipped, and that's really cost them this year. Now, I know last year we had what happened with John Gruden and Basaccia came in. It seemed like he kind of galvanized the team. They go a different direction with Josh McDaniels coming in. And as we've mentioned, things have definitely not gone off to the way that he started. Is there a little issue with, you know, maybe Josh McDaniels being one of those one and done? Or is it they're kind of letting him kind of evolve and see what the team is going to be moving forward? Uh, I think it's a little too early. I know a lot of people are speculating on that, the, the, the one and done right now. As of right now, I, I think it's still kind of a long shot that you would see him gone. You know, of course, that doesn't uh, mean that things can't change. I mean, if, for instance, they don't win another game the rest of the season or they only win one game, uh, yeah. that can change. But right now, um, I do think Mark Davis still has uh, faith in both he and the new general manager, uh, Dave Ziegler. He, he brought in this offseason. He, he really saw them being here for a long time. I, I think they probably have a longer leash than people realize. Um, Mark Davis is disappointed with the way they started, just like everyone else. But, uh, uh, you know, I think if they show some progress down the stretch here, um, I, I, I think we'll certainly go into next season and, and he'll be okay. I, I think it would take a big um, collapse for, for that not to be the case. But, you know, I do think you're at risk of, of losing some of your players now. I mean, at two and six, this team had a lot of hype coming into the season, as you alluded to. Um, there a lot of talk of what they could do. And uh, they all loved Rich Passaccia last year. I know it's a lot different locker room now. They brought in some guys. But, um, you know, we kind of saw some tensions boiling over after the latest loss. It seems to be worked out now going into the Colts game. But if you keep losing, I, I guess you keep poking the bear, so to yeah. speak. And uh, we'll have to see what, what happens if that's the case. Case, I want to move to the offense. Now, in my opinion, Derek Carr is a good quarterback and has been one of the few underrated quarterbacks in the league. But this year he has gotten off to a slow start. What has been the reason or reasons for this slow start? 
Yeah, I mean, they they say this isn't the case, but really, to me, watching, he just him and McDaniels just don't seem completely comfortable with each other uh, w- w- within the system. Um, there's been a bunch back and forth of you know how much he's audibling, how much uh, he can get out of the play, and I mean, to me, it looks like you just watch. It looks like uh, they're hardly ever getting out of uh, any play. You, you listen to what Derek Carr says all the time. He says, you know, I'm just trying to execute what Josh wants the most, and. You know, Josh McDaniels has a really rigid system that's worked well for him uh, over the years. But, um, you know, there's very specific uh, guys he wants the balls to go to, a very specific way he wants Derek Carr to do his progressions. Um, and, you know, I'm not pointing the blame at either one of the two. They both uh, had their issues. I think McDaniels maybe should have uh, switched things up, made Derek a little bit more comfortable. But I also think Derek Carr's having a uh, obviously a down year. Um, we've seen this, though. He's had so many coaching changes, and almost every time yeah. he's had a new coach, he's really struggled the first year. It's taken a while to sink in, and uh, you would hope maybe you're past that in year nine, but uh, at least to me watching, it, it just doesn't seem like it. It seems like he's just, even halfway through the season, still not fully comfortable in this new offense. Now, on the other hand, Josh Jacobs has gotten off to a solid start this season. He is fourth in the National Football League in rushing yards and also has been a good back for the Raiders throughout his career. Now, this past offseason, the Raiders declined his fifth-year option on his contract. In your opinion, what does he mean to the Raiders' offense, and do you think he's in the future plans? Uh, well, I mean, right now he, he means just about everything. I, I'd say the <laughs> offense is probably – I'd say Devontae Adams is still probably uh, the number one guy. I know he's had some quiet games, but I think they're going to be forcing the ball a lot to him down the stretch. So, But I think it's Adams 1A and Jacobs 1B. I mean, he's been uh, unbelievable. It's a tough – for me to see, you know, just reading the tea leaves, them him being part of their long-term plans, I'm sure they they really wish they would have exercised the fifth-year option now with the with, with the way he's playing. Um, you know, it's going to cost a lot more now to keep him. And if you just look at what these guys, uh, McDaniel's right. and Ziegler, have done over the years in New England, they just don't give that kind of contracts out to running backs. Now they could always stray from the path, and that could be the case. But if if, if I were betting on it, I don't think. Uh, Jacobs will be with the Raiders long term. I think they really wish they would have him at least one more year. Um, and I, I think that was a really, he hasn't said this explicitly, but I think not having that fifth year uh, option exercise was a real wake up call to him. I, I think he really yeah. dedicated himself in the offseason. He said he started eating well for the first time in his life, hired a nutritionist, uh, really worked out harder than ever. And he said he's more durable now, which we've seen he hasn't missed a game despite even being sick for one. Um, so I, I think that was really a, a thing that, uh, gave him a spark and, and certainly all the work he put in in the offseason is paying off so far. We're talking with Case Keever who covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas Sun. Uh, one of the things you mentioned there, 1A is Devontae Adams inside this this Raiders offense. Definitely one of the biggest moves in the league during the offseason. I want to talk about, you know, he, he's got big numbers and they are what they are, but do you think this offense may be too dependent on Devontae Adams? Um, it, 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 it's a good question. I think... Uh, not necessarily, just because if you look at their wins, um, you know, in their best games, I would say other than the win, their other best game was when they lost by one point to the Chiefs. I mean, if they have a, an, an inch or two uh, closer on the two-point conversion, they win that game. I think their best games have probably been more focused on Jacobs. Um, you know, some of these games lately, it seems like the receivers haven't been stepping up, but early in the season, uh, we saw Matt Collins, yeah. uh, a guy who kind of fit into that number two receiver role in between Renfro and the slot. Um really have a good game um you know they, they've been hurt a lot in the receiving core i know uh, a lot of the hype coming into the season on the raiders was about oh it's going to be great to see these three pro bowlers Devonte adams hunter Renfro, and darren right. waller all catching passes next to each other that's hardly happened at all with uh, waller's been out so long and Renfro was out early in the season so uh, you know I, I i don't think it's leaned too much on him i think maybe we'll see that more as the season uh, goes on Devonte adams certainly campaigning for that to happen um further but uh, you know, I think there's been just as many games where, where they've leaned heavily on Jacobs. 
Yeah, you just look inside this division, and you had guys like Travis Kelsey paired up with Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. I know that looks a little different now, but also you had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams with the Chargers. I know Hunter Renfro really isn't that dynamic wide receiver, but you got a guy in Darren Waller at that tight end spot that can be that dynamic number two, but his season has been hampered by injuries. It looks like he's going to make his return to the field this weekend. What can he have as an impact for this offense in Darren Waller? Yeah, I, I think that's just the, the the huge question. I mean, I still believe in, in Darren Waller. Uh, a lot of think he's, you know, I'm sure anyone that's watched him could say what, what he's done on the field is uh, pretty amazing and just obviously creates a, a nightmare matchup problem. But the problem is he just hasn't been on the field much dating back to last year. I think right. uh, he hurt one of his hamstrings midway through last year, uh, missed several games down the stretch. And I, I believe it's a different hamstring uh, this, this year that's uh, – um, hurting him, he's, he's missed three straight games and only played a series in, in the Chiefs game before that. Um, so you know, I, I still think even from, from McDaniel's and uh, the staff, they want to see what this offense looks like fully engaged. Uh, you know, there's been some national reporting that the Packers offered a second round pick for for Darren Waller at the trade deadline. And where, where this team is right now, I, I kind of can't believe they didn't take that. That's right, like yeah. a, a good price for a guy that, that hasn't played. But I think that just goes back to. Um, you know, the, the, them wanting to see this offense locked in in, in full, and it sure seems like Waller is, is going to be playing soon. He's worked out pretty hard uh, before the games the last two weeks to, to where it looked like he might even play, but then uh, I guess the hamstring just didn't respond how they wanted, and he was called off. So he's getting closer and closer. Uh, I, I would probably expect him to play against the Colts, but I, but I would have said that last week as well, and probably the week before, too. Oh, wow. He got uh, waved off, so the hamstrings can be tricky. We'll have to see how that plays out. Now, Case, I want to move to the defense. Max Crosby's, Max Crosby is coming off a Pro Bowl season with eight sacks in 2021. This year, after eight games, he has six sacks. How important has Max been to this Raiders defense? I, I know I said the same thing about Josh Jacobs, but I think it's <laughs> even more amplified here. I mean, he has really been everything. I think that's been the, a huge problem with the Raiders is they don't really have many guys that, that are are doing much defensively. Deron Harmon uh, had a big interception um, to, to seal the Colts game and has been a, a good find for them. But, you know, really he and Crosby have been the only big-time playmakers. Um, Crosby's been a little quieter in the last few weeks just as far as sacks, but I think that's a result of that uh, these teams are just placing so much emphasis on him. He's getting doubled uh, basically every snap. Um, they're really trying to make sure he's not disrupting passing games. But to me, uh, even in these losses, he's finding ways to make a difference. I think he uh, still leads the league in tackles for loss. Um, Pro Football Focus has him rated as the best uh, run defender among uh, defensive ends in the league. So, you know, I I, I really think he's been uh, great. I think he's probably having an even better season than he did last year, despite, um, you know, maybe the sacks just being on pace. uh, But he's just stuck on a defense that's really underperforming. So I think maybe it's getting uh, overshadowed a little bit. Now let's go to the other side there now. As well as Max Crosby is playing on one side of the defensive line, Chandler Jones is struggling on the other side. He only has a half a sack this season. What has been the cause for his disappointing play this season? Yeah, it's it's really uh, hard to pinpoint. You wonder if he's just fallen off a little bit. Obviously, he, he's had a great career. I think even with the uh, start to the season, he's still a uh, third, I believe, among active players in the NFL with career sacks. He's at you know 110 or 111, um, something like that. But he just doesn't seem like he has the same uh, explosion that he had uh, in all those years with the Cardinals and even dating back to his years with the Patriots. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, that that's liked in the locker room and I, I, I think a leader of sorts, but just on the field, the, the production hasn't been there. And, um, you know, the coaching staff's tried to make a, a lot of excuses for him, but the bottom line is I don't feel like you signed this guy to this huge contract. I believe they gave him three years, $51 million yeah, yeah. for him to be uh, 
you know, just kind of a complimentary player. I, th- I think that's been a, a, a huge issue. This defense was supposed to be built around having two great pass rushers in Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. And, uh, you know, it might be harsh to say, but only only one of those has shown up this year. Chandler Jones has just not been right. We'll have to see uh, if maybe he can turn it around in the second half of the season. Now, final couple things with Case Kiefer, who covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas Sun. Now, one of the guys that we see a return on, we got Yannick Ngakwe in a trade who was kind of the, the duo there with Max Crosby last year. And in return, Rakisin went from the Colts to the Raiders. What have you seen out of Rakisin in this secondary for the Raiders? Uh, I, I think Rakisin's been pretty solid. Um, you know, he hasn't really made any uh, huge uh, splash plays, but he also hasn't been a guy that, that's really been picked on. It doesn't seem like he's given up a lot of completions, uh, especially this last game that the Raiders lost to the Jaguars. It just seemed like there was a lot of uh, confusion, guys not knowing where they're supposed to be, and that's kind of a product, of, I feel like, of Patrick Graham's defense, which is a little more uh, complex. I, I feel like now they're kind of uh, – beating this drum of we need to see who the guys we are that we can move forward with. They're kind of evaluating uh, for the future. You saw a starter, Jonathan Abram, released yeah. this week. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that Rocky Scene is one of those guys that they're going to want to move forward with. Um, you know, hasn't played at a superstar level or anything, but but seems like a, a, a smart guy that, uh, you know, physically he's had some, some big tackles. I, I think some big hits for a, a cornerback. Uh, I, I think that the Raiders fans like to see that. So he's certainly a guy I think that will be around for a while. Um, you know, I, I know... Uh, there's some guys in the Raiders locker room that really miss uh, in Galway, but but I think they got uh, at least a useful player back in, in Rocky scene. You mentioned you know Jonathan Aber being released, and it seems like that's that's already the third first round pick they had from 2019 that has been released. Or we talked about Jacobs, and then Cleveland Farrell also his option was declined. What is this talking about? This Mike Mayock, John Gruden evaluation from the last handful of years to now. What is this setting up this Raiders team for the future? Yeah, no, it's it's four of four of their last six first round picks are now gone, and, and the other two are Jacobs and Furl, who, like you said, no fifth year options uh, exercise. So it seems like kind of a long shot. Um, they'll be back next year. I mean, it's just it, it's hard for any franchise to to overcome that that many yeah. misses on first round picks. Um, you know, some of them were just underperforming, but you know there are some extenuating circumstances and others. Uh, you know, guys getting in trouble, tragedies that happen here. So it's it's really run the gamut of. of uh, why things didn't work out, but the bottom line is uh, that they haven't worked out, and um, that's going to be really difficult to come back from moving forward. I do know the Raiders, uh, as far as draft capital, look to be in a really good position uh, starting next year. I think they have like nine draft picks right now, and, and several of them are not all backloaded to the seventh round. And you know, if there's one bright spot about the Raiders this year, their draft class has looked uh, very good. Of course, they didn't have a first or second round pick after the Devontae Adams trade, but it seems like they might have found a first round talent in a guard Dylan Parham who started every game and probably been their best offensive lineman as weird as that is to say um and then further down I mean all, all these guys are contributing that they drafted this year so uh they're, they're gonna have to make up some ground and it's a very small sample size only one year but, but so far it seems like uh Dave Ziegler maybe a, a, a confident drafter this guy that made a name for himself with the Patriots for doing just that so uh he, he's uh behind it a little bit he's gonna have to uh, make up for some some mistakes of the past uh of, of the past uh, regime but uh, we'll see if he can do that here in the off season. Well, that's why they pay them the big bucks, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, final thing with you: two teams in desperate need of a victory. What are your expectations for Sunday? Uh, yeah, just that. I, I think you should see a, a pretty spirited effort. I know uh, that the Raiders aren't exactly sure what to expect uh, out of the Colts. Josh McDaniels kind of uh, threw his hands up when we asked him. You know, what, what do you do for, for tendencies and kind of scouting uh, an offense when it's someone that's never called plays? And, you know, he, he said he didn't know. So I think the Colts, uh, you know, certainly could do some things to catch the Raiders uh, 
um, you, you know, by surprise. So uh, that, that'll be something to watch. And, and then from the Raiders' perspective, I mean, it's just about putting it together for a whole game. I, I feel like all season this year, including last week when they went up 17-0, to their third 17-0 blown lead of right. the year, yeah. um, they've been able to put it together for stretches, but then it just falls apart either, uh, you know, in the second half or they start slow. So we'll have to see if they can uh, they can put it all together. But yeah, certainly I think uh, everyone around the Raiders is, is feeling the pressure, um, and uh, they'll they'll try to put their best foot forward and and see if they can counter uh, kind of I guess what the maybe little bit new look Colts uh, can offer here on Sunday. Well, there you go. Case Kiefer covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas Sun. Case, thank you so much for the time and enjoy the game. All right, thanks a lot. The Colts are in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders on Sunday. Next week, the Colts will return home as they take on currently undefeated the Philadelphia Eagles. That'll be at Lucas Oil Stadium. And to catch us up on all things Eagles, we're going to talk with Bo Wolf, who covers the Eagles for The Athletic. But this Sunday, Jeff Saturday makes his head coaching debut in Las Vegas as the Colts take on the Raiders. For Bill Brooks, I'm Casey Vallier. Enjoy the game and go Colts. <laughs>